Dave and Bacon Safety Tales, the only industrial safety podcast that brings you common sense advice on job site safety, standards, regulations, and industry best practices without putting you to sleep. All right, welcome to another episode of Dave and Bacon Safety Tales. Oh, it's a rainy day. At least it was raining when I was driving up here. Yeah, I got the... Uh electric bill the other day and it you know you get all these statistics that you usually never had yeah and the the funny thing is usually the average temperature is uh you know a degree or two over or under yeah and i guess it would have been may was like 12 degrees hotter Hotter. on average per day than the same than the same period 2000 well that would be 2017 yeah so either it was really really cold or it has been as hot as we think it has been because god knows that was well i think it was last week was the in quote summer solstice okay so basically the summer solstice is you have uh, you have uh, equinox and solstices and that's kind of where your 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 uh period of daylight is is equal so you'll have like uh uh what is it the vernal (laughs) vernal equinox and autumnal equinox and then the spring and summer solstice okay i believe so but anyway you know i i I stumbled upon that one just because everybody you know um uh what's that big old thing over in england big ben no, 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 no. All the rocks that are set, the, the druids set up the big rock thing that kind of... Uh, oh, cow, no idea what you're talking about. Stonehenge. Okay. Okay, so yeah. So all of a sudden I'm looking on there and they, they have this big old group of people that have amassed, dressed like, they got like sheep horns on their heads and they're kind of into the whole pagan thing and they're celebrating that because Stonehenge okay. would measure all would be one of the things that, that the Druids set that up to measure. Ah. So I don't know where I'm going with that I don't other, either. other than the fact that it's I'm just trying to get this before, podcast before, off. before the uh, the summer solstice or whatever is it's been hotter than hell. When we had the coldest April it seemed like in, in well, yeah. years and I now mean, we got the hottest May. We didn't get a spring because it yeah. went it went from I think it snowed, and then I believe like three, week, three weeks later we had like the hottest day ever recorded in this. Yeah, we're, and we're in Iowa, but I think everybody's kind of everybody's got a little taste of it. Yeah, well, that's kind of gets us off what we're going to talk to a little bit about today. But we have a, a retail store that we have, and I know that it caught up. We still had our bomber jackets, all our winter yeah. clothing, and our ice yeah. cleats and stuff like that in the front window, and. We were going to get rain in the next three or four days. Sweating, looking at it <laughs> yeah. like, what in the hell? Yeah, we hadn't have a chance to swap that stuff out yet. So, but it's all it's all taken care of now. So we're ready if uh, if it rains on you. So, once again, Dave and Bacon Safety Tales, uh, the start of summer episode we're going to do here today. Nope. We're not going to talk about any summer stuff, but it's uh, we're getting it going. So, um, once again, I'd say this every episode, but please reach out to us if you guys have any questions or comments or concerns or you want us to take a, an episode in a different direction. We're always looking for topics, so we'd love to hear from you, uh, whether it's on any of our social media platforms or even direct email, fred at quadcitysafety.com and dave at quadcitysafety.com. Uh, hit us up, man. We'd love to talk to you. So 
today got me thinking about um, the people that sell home security systems. Ring. Ring? Oh, that's the, that's that's the new. That's not like door to door people. Simply safe. Simply safe. ADT. ADT. That's that's okay. a good one. That's more of like a, someone that's going to knock on your door. But yeah. they always say that nobody is going to purchase anything. Um, for like a home security system until shit happens. Yeah. It's kind of one of those product groups that it's, I got broke into, now I'm interested in doing it. Yeah, that. well, I mean, as a society, we're reactive to everything. We don't have a lot of, uh, we're, 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 we don't predict where things are going to go or try to predict where things are going. Yeah. We're horrible planners. We're literally like, <clears throat> and I, I and how to say every now and then I forget to do it before I travel somewhere. Yeah. So it, I'll be traveling from Iowa in the winter, maybe to a conference in Florida. Well, in my mind, it's Iowa winter, so I'm packing, and then I get there, and it's like, why did I only have long sleeve shirts? I'm right. such a dumbass. Yeah. Yep. So we're kind of thinking about that as part of your safety program. I another example that I brought up was like a, a sports scouting, like uh, that. You're planning for a game. The coaches are planning for the for the game. They have you watch game film so that you have a pretty good idea of what's going to happen when you see that team on the field. So uh, if you're a you got a lefty on the mound today and uh, he throws a lot of curveballs and you got a big slugger that doesn't hit a curveball, it can only hit a fastball. You might want to sit that guy down for the day. And uh, in kind of in your safety program. There's game film that's out there. Like you can look at other companies that do the same thing that you're doing. You can look at your history, the last time that you faced this pitcher, and see what happened when you did it. And we but we live in a world. I I know that you can call just about anybody and ask them a question. You, you know, a lot of times if I don't know the answer to a question, I think I know somebody that knows, right? Or has been in a situation where, hey, man, we're getting ready to do this tomorrow. <clears throat> Got any experience with that? And while it's tribal knowledge, I mean, yeah, I guess you can get out there and kind of Google and spend 20,000 20, years, you know, researching every page that's out there. But sometimes going to the gift horse mouth and, you know, just saying, hey, have you done this before? And they're like, yeah, right. do this, do this, and do this. Yeah. That five-minute conversation is worth, I mean, worth a lot. Yeah. Well, and it's, we talked about this, I think, in one of the past episodes here, but talking to your guys that are actually doing the work oh, no too, doubt about it. and asking them kind of what do you need or what are the hazards that you're facing here and sometimes sometimes though it's that disconnect that sits there is because it becomes instead of um you know we talked about you know the marketing aspects and looking all the way down to you know selling the whole the whole safety package right. which requires you you know like a restaurant they're going to come up and go, how was this? And if you say, hey, man, it's too spicy. Well, they're going to go back to the chef and go, hey, man, <laughs> not, take it not, easy. Take it easy because, you're, you're, you know, everybody's out here sweating and not finishing their food. Yeah. So, you know, getting uh, an open environment where people can have a conversation. Right. And not feel like it's uh, me, us versus them or, yeah. you know, it's, man, we don't, want to, we don't want to tell them anything even though these gloves suck. We're just gonna we're just gonna sit here and bitch about them and not wear them because if if we would just have a glove that would do this and we would you know we would solve the Earth's problems and yeah. we just don't do that. But it, it I, I guess how many times have we seen it where you get a, a call 
The guy on the other phone says, hey, we're looking at cut-resistant gloves. We had six injuries in the last yeah. three months. You know, before that, we weren't having any injuries. But in the last three months, we've had six injuries, six hand injuries. It's like, <clears throat> man, what happened? On number four, wasn't that an alarm? Or wasn't yeah. on number three? Or glasses is another one that, like, hey, we really got to look at what we're wearing for eyewear. We're had, we had two emergency room visits where someone had to go in for their yeah. eye or bump caps that seems like to be another one that's starting to pop up more and more that it's like we figured out we need to start wearing some sort of head protection yeah and it's not because we have falling objects in there it's because guys keep cracking their head on working in their confined space or whatever or it's osha came through you know they came through and uh they popped us you know five we had five violations here where it's stuff that anyone that asks for help ahead of time you just take a little walk around your facility and you can see a lot of these hazards that are jumping out at you and like yeah you don't have yeah, to yeah you, you can't you can't manage safety in a spreadsheet yeah yeah it's it's uh i believe i've heard it called management by walking around mm-hmm. you know and that's literally what it takes is if you're not out in the field and you're not talking to people, and you're not looking at situations. You're not going to identify what what potential hazards are out there. And and doing that regularly too, because yeah. things are changing. Oh, you know, especially we, on a construction site or even in a facility. It's like, man, I hired. Well, to your point is, you know, the, the guy that uh, has those six handed injuries, and they've never had them before. Right. There's probably something that changed. Right has to be something that changed either that or it's just a statistical anomaly but most of the time it's something that's changed and when that changed there was no change in the requirement or the required ppe yeah but it could yeah because it could be there's a new piece of equipment there's a new process that happened we're now working with a different material like you were manufacturing these widgets and now you're manufacturing these widgets that are a little bit sharper yeah or you hired somebody different this guy was right-handed. Now this new guy that you hired is left-handed, and so his arm is more exposed to a machine than the right-handed guy was. Mm-hmm. So there's a million things that can happen. But um, kind of leads me into something that we're kind of excited about here at Quad City Safety. We're a couple months into it, but uh, we haven't done the greatest job of promoting it. But it's our we're, we we don't even have a it's a working title, but right now it's our buyer's journey or our customer journey. Yeah, that we're trying to take our customers on like a. I don't know a, a yearly PPE journey. What were, what were your well, what were your phrases? Well, we've identified reassessment. Reassessment. Well, we've identified that you know most everybody's kind of sat out there and said, well, here's here's kind of what we think that we need, and you've geared up, and everybody's wearing stuff. But again, we don't go in there and reassess. We don't take a second look at it, and we don't identify those things by just taking a, a second to look at it. Right. Um, Another thing to keep in mind is that uh, when we look at personal protective equipment, the market's upside down. Meaning, back in the back in the '90s, safety glasses from like 1992 to 1998 changed very little. Yeah, and so there was no change; everything was static. Well, now. It seems like every day it's like, hey, here's a new coating, a new anti-fog coating for glasses. Traditional anti-fog coatings were crap because of just, you know, historically they would spray them on in China 
and by the time you put them on a boat and then you moved them to a warehouse in the United States and then they sold it to a distributor and then we sold it to the end user, they no longer had any anti-fog coating on them because yeah. of just uh, that stuff dissipates over time. Where now, I mean, there's there's three coatings out there that have been, you know, Ergodyne has a proprietary, 3M has a proprietary, uh, Radians has a proprietary. And when, I, when I've kind of tested them myself, I mean, because you have different ways that they work, they're working a lot better than the traditional ones that came over worked. Right. And so, again, when we're doing that reassessment is we probably know what the shortcomings of what we're using now you know, maybe it's the clothing's too hot. Yeah. You know, like I, I've got some samples that I'm ready to field test out there on some new weld, weld jackets that they've kind of redesigned the back into a, a thinner, more breathable material because most people have been wearing that, you know, eight ounce green FR cotton sateen jacket that, you know, you go out there to the field and they've just sweated through the thing. Yeah. It, it's just sopping wet. So, yeah, we've done what we're supposed to do to keep, you know, to give them some type of PPE. But if we would reassess that and look at it and go, well, realistically, when you look at incidents or injury curves, there's there's a couple defining factors that that uh, cause people to get injured, uh, and one of them can be. Uh, I've done this job for a long time, so I I'm very complacent. Um, so I'm kind of going blank on where I was going with that. <laughs> but but uh, when you go through and you reassess the situation and you know what those shortcomings of the PPE or who was working in a job, you can do a better job of freshening up what you're using. Maybe, right. it, you know, maybe it's uh, there wasn't, you know, let's go cut resistant gloves. Cut resistant gloves used to be one through five. Now they're one through nine. So there's different levels. So used to be there was like an ANSI two, and then you had like a a four, which would now be like a seven or eight, and there was really nothing in the middle. Sure, it could be a four still. It could be a four through a seven. But, yeah, yeah. But what I'm saying is you can you can get more options that might better fit where before you went from uh, slightly cut resistant to really cut resistant, and usually when you're when you move through that, you're going from a lot of dexterity to not much dexterity, but yeah. maybe you can get some more dexterity there in the middle that didn't it didn't exist six months ago. Right, it didn't exist a year ago. <clears throat> uh, maybe it is um, uh, a respirator that works a little bit better. Uh, like uh, Clean Space has a respirator now that it has an, a motor on the back of it, so it it's not a true. Uh, personal air purifying respirator papper but it does make it easier to breathe because it's got a fan that's pushing air to you so when you sit there and you talk about fatigue and that's where i was gonna go okay is a lot of the things that are comfort features or things like that that would be considered comfort features will obviously reduce fatigue and fatigue is probably the number one thing that causes people to get hurt Right. You know, I, if you're up with uh, a baby rolling around the floor from one till four in the middle of the night, you're going to be a little tired. Right. You're probably not going to be as awake, aware, and ready 
is the person who you know has has no children and just you know slept ate like a, a baby. pizza and, a le- and slept eleven hours. Fell right? asleep with the pizza on his belly. Yeah. So I had a buddy that when we were like oh, about college age, it would happen a good once a month. He'd be like, "Where is this?" If hopefully you didn't listen to it, Shipley. Where's Shipley? <laughs> you call him, and all of a sudden you get a hold of his girlfriend or something like that. Fell asleep in the couch. Pizza on his stomach. Um, <laughs> Playing a pizza on his big belly. Well, there yep. you go. But, I mean, he's going to be more, less apt, theoretically, to get hurt than the person right. that's had no sleep. I mean, we... we it's we, not just the physical fatigue. It's mental, mental fatigue. Mental fatigue. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, that's why truck drivers are only supposed to drive so long. You right. can't sit there and drive for 20 hours straight because the Highway Safety Administration... Uh, has gone in there and said, you know, we kind of noticed that when we let y'all do this, you do it, and then all of a sudden, you know, an 18-wheeler runs over a Yugo and kills a, you know, a family of four. Have you ever been driving, like, when you shouldn't be driving, where you've been driving too long? I drove to... Absolutely. I drove to Savannah, Georgia, from Iowa City, Iowa. That's a long drive. Yeah, I think it was... And I got stuck in traffic in Atlanta for about... For about three hours where yeah. I was barely moving. But it started getting to the point where it's like three in the morning. Yeah. And I left at six in the morning. Oh. And so it's about, you know, three o'clock in the morning and I'm driving somewhere unfamiliar just on a highway, but it's like now I'm like an hour away, so it's you've yeah. gotta get there. And I swear like the trees start like creeping in on you, like as you're driving, like they're gonna I, fall on you. I always say that I start seeing animals. Do you? Like like I get freaked gonna out, pop like out something, you know. You get you get jarred awake, or how many times? I mean, I'm not proud to say this, but man, I know I've been driving before, and all of a sudden, you know, you kind of nod off, and then you come to, and you're like, "Uh oh, I don't think I remember the last five minutes." Now that I'm thinking about it, I you right. know, I, I have no recollection. You know, all of a sudden, you you nod off, and there's a song that's on the radio that's it's Freebird, and it's almost over, and it's <laughs> yeah, like, like a when did Freebird start? And you're like, when did that come on? <laughs> Or, yeah, you missed your exit. You're like, oh, yeah. when did I drive by that exit? You're like, you see the exit and you know where it's at. And you're like, um, how did I end up here 20 minutes past where you just, your brain just turns off and you, you're cruising in. But, but that's usually that's usually mental, you know, either or physical fatigue. Right. And doesn't yield well. Yeah. So we got a little bit off off track there, but our, um, our purpose of, of this whole thing, and, and people can do it just themselves but like we're a supplier so we like to talk about products so products are a big aspect of what we're doing but where it's just sitting down and being like i'm gonna look at my glove program this month and we have a chemical hazard and we have a cut hazard and we have a leather glove that we use and you know what that leather glove we've been using the same leather glove and the price keeps going up and up and up we're using the same glove since 2004 Maybe it's time to take a look at what you're doing with that piece of equipment. And that's that's if we're doing our job, then we get we have that conversation and we go, you know, here's some samples that may be better than what you're using now. Right. And you can get it out to the you know get it out to people to try. And you know, obviously, it's try before you buy. We don't want to just you know load everybody up with everything new. I mean, we yeah. want you to experience. But I mean. That also drives that whole marketing aspect that we talked a couple episodes yeah, you ago. You drop something new in, it is, excites people. Is saying, going, hey guys, look at this new stuff. 
Yeah. People people do, you know, uh, traditionally there's always been kind of a resistance to change. Mm-hmm. I don't think we have the resistance to change that we, you know, that we've had historically where people see new stuff and they're like, that would be great to change. That would or be good. good, great to and try. And sometimes it's like that gray one, oh man, that's so much better than the blue one that we had before. Like, yeah. And then you're all of a sudden you get that mindset. The marketing of the whole program is, man, my company really cares about me. Look at the changes that they're making yeah. to make my job easier and more one comfortable. One example this morning, you know, we had a gentleman in the store. He's a he's a forklift driver and he goes from indoors to out of doors. Yeah. And He's got clear safety glasses. Well, they have transitional safety glasses, which will tint yeah. when they when they see sunlight, and all of a sudden you're not the guy Sweet. that has you know. Or the shades inside in a dark warehouse. Yeah. Right. So so that it matches the environment that they're in automatically without them having to go. Okay, now I'm in the yard. Where's the the shaded safety glasses? Or they just drive in the clear one and they're they're squinting and then they they you know. They put the forklift forks through, you know, a 55-gallon drum of some chemical, and then they got to get the spill booms out and right. trying to contain something that's like, man, if we had just had some transitional safety glasses, that might not have happened. For sure. But some of it, to get to our, our earlier example about the guy that would call in um, and say, man, I've had six hand injuries. Maybe ahead of time, it's hand protection month, and he went through that program and was looking, and all of a sudden, here's some information about cut-resistant gloves. Well, you know what? We've had two cut incidents. Maybe we should take a look at you know something like that ahead of time. Oh. And so maybe you don't get to that. Or maybe it's now we're not in cut, resist- cut protection month. We're in uh, arc flash month, and that's something we hadn't thought about. Or... We get to signage, and we don't even have signs. We probably should have signs, but I didn't even think about signs. So it's just really trying to go through month by month, look at all the different, for us, it's categories that we sell. For y'all, it's probably categories that you purchase, or maybe you should purchase, or maybe it's even just getting the blog posts, or the articles, or the videos, or the samples, or the new product ideas. Um, It might be a podcast that we did that, that relates to a certain topic that we can use because we'd always love to have you go check back in on a podcast that we did two months ago so it doesn't just die out there on the on the interweb so or it might be something that you just didn't think about or know right i mean um let's say yeah we're trying to do an assessment at the end of each month where but, but, but it's it's not uncommon for all of a sudden you walk into somebody's shop and it's like Okay, what's all that on the bench? Right, and it's all well. It's it's uh, it can be starting fluids or stuff that's highly flammable, and it's like you know that really should be stored in a flammable cabinet. Right, and so it's 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 just ignorance, and ignorance is not bad. I mean, that's the one thing that we keep promoting here is it's okay that if you're ignorant, and that's what the buyer's journey is kind of also meant to do is have a topic where you kind of get real with yourself i mean everybody's got a that goes on the journey kind of has to has to really sit there and take you know a couple minutes as you're scrolling through because there's a lot of content and videos on them that you know may explain or give you know uh you know some kind of uh training or tidbits to to look at and look for to to where you can make some decisions that help you along the yeah. process that that train you up that you know maybe 
those flat maybe you never have an explosion but wouldn't it be great that you had all that stuff there and all of a sudden you had a building fire and you didn't have little torpedo rockets going you know shooting at all the fire guys because you said we should put that stuff in a flammable cabinet sure and again i think another thing to reiterate is safety equipment i.e personal protective equipment ppe are little mini insurance policies and it's I, buy, I I have life insurance. I really hope that I don't die. Yeah. But if I do, I would like to have you know an insurance policy that takes care of things, and that's what you know a cut resistant glove is. Is maybe you're not going to cut your hand every single day, <clears throat> but have paying a little bit to have insurance that you're not going to have that outcome is is kind of how you have to look at it. Cool. Well. If you guys want any more information, please feel free to reach out to Dave or I, uh, Dave at QuadCitySafety.com, Fred at QuadCitySafety.com, and we'll try and get you more information if you want to be part of our program. Otherwise, just take a look at it um, in your own programs and develop something where you're just starting to review the products that you're using on a on a yearly basis. Shoot, I mean, some of them would be great if you did it every couple years. And, and what better when the... Uh OSHA guy comes in and he's doing his interview and he does his walkthrough and goes, how do, how do you manage your safety program? And they say, on an annual basis, we try to look back at what we're using, why we're using it, how right. we're using it, and reevaluate. You're going to get his little ears parked yeah, yeah. up and maybe instead of writing some level of violation, he'll, he'll go, hey, between me, you and a fence post, why don't you get that fixed? I'm going to check back with you. It sounds like you're you're trying, right? And that's that's realistically what we need to try to do. And the people that are just you know asses and don't care, that's that's who OSHA's looking for. They're not necessarily looking for people that uh, care and are trying to make something better. Okay, cool. Well, let's we'll put a bow on that one. Uh, let's move on to uh, the dumbass of the week this week, and uh, I'm gonna call this guy Carl. Carl likes to throw in his earbuds when he's working uh, in an area where they should be wearing earplugs. He likes to substitute in his earbuds. He says, it's kind of like the same guy that does uh, I wear glasses, so I don't have to wear safety glasses type. But this guy's the, uh, puts music, blares music directly into his ears, where instead of blocking out noise, all he's doing is putting more More noise noise into his ear, which is actually making it more dangerous. So we see that one pretty often. That's one that... I know even, especially like five years ago, I think people are getting smarter as we get a little bit older, and maybe the technologies are coming, changing, but it was really, uh, my guys like to listen to music while they're doing whatever widget yeah. that they're doing, or whether they're, you know, and they have to wear earplugs, so is there anything that accomplishes both? Which there is. Yeah, but to, to your point, um, when you when you look at noise, people traditionally haven't looked at it to how we're going to look to it in the future is people are baseline they're they're getting baseline hearing tests and then if you have a decline in your hearing right. you can have a recordable an OSHA recordable which is going to affect your workman's compensation it's going to affect a lot of things um, I think there's even cases you know you're starting to see people that are suing companies because their hearing's been hurt in the facility and maybe it's that whole case where 
well, it was a guy that was wearing the earbuds that was already getting a you know a ninety five dose, right. and then he's listening to you know Led Zeppelin blaring all day that maybe gets his dose to you know hundred or something, and it's just destroying it. All your examples, music examples, it's always like forty years ago. Okay, you never, can you get a current? Can you throw a current one in there? Uh, Who you got? Who you got? Current? Anyone current? Current? Current what? Musician. Um, that's what I thought. Toby Keith. <laughs> so all right, well you, you moved up three decades, but yeah. well, I guess I mean, Toby Keith's probably still. Yeah, I guess I'm kind of. Kendrick Lamar. How about you throw I don't Kendrick know Lamar? Who that is? Well, ask your kids. They probably know. I don't. I'm not interested. All right, fair. I'm enough. old enough that I don't care. <laughs> um. All right. So don't be that dumbass. If you need to be wearing hearing protection, your Apple earbuds aren't going to get it done. Uh, just because you plug something in your ear doesn't mean that it's protecting you. And we also wanted to talk about products that that are predictive. So, you know, like that hearing uh, protection example, Accuform, I just got a sample of, a, it's a sign that basically has a sound level meter on it that publishes right in front of you that there's an issue. 3M makes a wearable that blinks green when you're okay. If the the if you get above the threshold, all of a sudden it goes red. So right. that so that you have something that goes. Even though you you know you may not be aware, you're in harm's way. Sure. You need to pay attention right now. Yep, we're gonna talk about some of those other tips here in a minute. We're gonna get after getting more on that hearing one. I'm I re I reorganized our. Uh, um, our script here, so okay. I moved that to the I moved that to the end. Okay. So I didn't have anything else to talk about. Mostly is the reason, but yeah. So Q and A. Moving on to that question number one, can you talk about the advantages of different outsoles on a work boot? Yeah, I can. What would you like to know? <laughs> um, so we. I don't pe- know enough about. So work when boots. we have people come in, um, there's different compounds that soles are made out of, and they respond to environments differently. Okay. So let's say I'm the guy that's working in a foundry or a steel mill where I may be in a lot of heat. Well, obviously, if you wore like your regular old Nikes, the outsoles are real squishy. Yeah. uh, And that's an EVA material. And you wear that into heat and it's just going to melt. So you're talking... Outsole. I'm to assume that the like the rubbery part on the outside of the shoe Correct. that you're feeling is going to be your outsole. Correct. Okay. Um, so if you went with like a Vibram, which is uh, like a rubber polymer, it's going to respond to heat really, really well. Um, maybe you're in some chemicals, so the fact that you're in chemicals is going to break down. Plastic, you know, whether it's uh, rubber or it's uh, a PVC or an EVA or a whatever, it's going to break those down faster than it may a urethane outsole. So, understanding what you're in and around can control what outsole is going to perform the longest or the best for you. Maybe, okay. maybe in that it's the construction of the outsole. So, let's say that the outsole you're in a, an area where it's really slick. You're around oils, maybe food oils. Maybe there's just water on the ground, and you, you want something that has 
a higher coefficient of friction. So basically okay. the sandpaper concept of what's going to give me grip is it could be a combination of, well, I'm, I, I need slip resistance, but I need heat, heat resistance. So that's going to be different than, okay. you know, just maybe just a, a regular heat resistance. Maybe you're a guy that needs to climb ladders. So you need to, you need a defined heel on the shoe. So that's going to change the the construction of the outsole. Okay. Um, so construction of the outsole, and then what the outsole is subjected to. Maybe it's metal chips. Maybe it's uh, maybe it's chemicals. Maybe it's heat. Right. Every every shoe is going to operate a little differently based on the outsole. So is the the outsole is going to basically be protecting you from the environment or it's going to have something to do more with the durability be, of the it's shoe? It's going to be durability, longevity of the, the asset. Okay. I mean, theoretically, yeah, I guess it, the could, it, it could be a safety factor if you if you walk out on a, a on a furnace on a shoe that's just going to melt. Yeah, well, or obviously something you could, where could, you could slip. Yeah. Something where you could slip yeah. or whatever. So, Okay, cool. Uh, the other question that I had down was, how are eyewash bottles acceptable if OSHA recommends 15 minutes of flushing? They're really more of a first aid kind of thing because okay. the way the, the standard kind of reads is if you've identified that you can get, whether it's chemicals or particulate matter in your eyes, then you need to be, you know, uh, you know, they they say like a five second or fifty foot walk from an eyewash, and an eyewash is deci- defined as something that dispenses tepid water. Right. And tepid is kind of a loose definition, but it's basically not too cold, not too hot. So it's one of those kind of. Because it can mess your eye up. Well, well, how, how how how's the person going to respond to it? Yeah. So if if the water's a hundred and ten degrees Fahrenheit because you're 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 in a hot area or maybe maybe you're in a construction thing and this thing's sitting out you know in in the the work area with the sun beating down on it warming that water up you get something in your eye and you need to flush your eye but the water's too hot for you to be in right and sometimes it showers so let's say that uh you're around chemicals and you get the chemicals all over you and you need to you need to wash off and you pull that that shower and the water's like 50 degrees fahrenheit right <laughs> you're not going to stay under there and yeah. you got the incident you got the potential of people freak out and trip and fall because they you know i mean i i'm not scared to say this is um i've gotten into showers that i thought were warm yeah and it wasn't, and then trying to get out of it. The next thing I know, I've I've ripped the uh, right. the, the shower curtain the came curtain, down. You go flipping yeah. and banging and it out there, the toilet. And there's a fat guy rolling around in the floor, wrapped up in a you know, got the curtain rod hit me in the head and everything. So plus you got that shrinkage happening. Yeah, right. <laughs> so I mean, it's just a bad situation altogether. It's bad all around. Yeah. Okay. Um. All but, right. Cool. What else you got? Sorry, you're about to say something else. But, you know, going into, you know, when we're looking at eyewash, it, the question goes back to, you know, the dump bottles. Right. Is if you really have a hazard, uh, the bottle is is not really meant to be an eyewash, even though they're eyewash bottles under the standard. Yeah. And I think people think, oh, I need an eyewash, so I'll just put, you know, 
two 32 ounce bottles in this set and right. then I should be good. Not really the case. Okay. Or even the little one ounces that are like in your little first aid kit that you have. But again, those are meant to be like a first aid flush or whatever. Okay. Not, not a true eye wash. So that's, I mean. But it's, if someone's it's, in an area where eye washes where eye washes required, that can be confusing that it's like, well, I got, I have eye wash. Well, t- historically the problem was always that uh, eye washes going way back had to be plumbed. You had to have a water source. And they're like, well, what do I do here? I don't have a water pipe. I don't have a drain. So yeah. how, do, how do I deal with this? Well, now they've come up with a lot of the portable little plastic guys that you, you fill up with water, you put an additive in, or they have cartridges that go into them. Yeah. So whether it's, you know, Fendall or, you know, there's there's a lot of manufacturers out there that have those, those systems ready to go. Okay. Cool, cool. All right. Well, now we're going to move on. You brought up the... Uh the Accuform product that would go, would turn red if you were in certain environments for, uh, like, if it got loud enough, it would yeah. go from green to yellow to red. So I was kind of thinking about but it's some used, other. It's just using, you know, as we talked about the newer products that are out there, is, you know, one that's out there now is um, we were just got done talking about eyewash. Right. So Fendall makes a little gadget that you, that you put, um, on the uh, eyewash that says, hey, time to change the additive, you know, because they're not meant to be there forever. You have to dump them out, and they they do have take a little bit of maintaining to to keep right because nobody wants to all of a sudden go use an eyewash and the water's clabbered and it's been in there for 15 minutes and smells like you're taking a bath with a a bluegill bluegill water or whatever, (laughs) you know stinky nasty water yeah um so they make uh, a little guy that that can go off they make ones that uh you can integrate in there that when somebody deploys the eye wash it has an alarm so an alarm sound so instead of the guy that got battery acid you know he's messing around with the forklift the battery exploded all over hit him in the face right and he goes over the eye wash and he's like kind of a lone worker guy. Doesn't have a lot of people around him. Yeah, it's blowing and, dust. And, he, and he's just he's sitting there. He's blinded. He can't see, and nobody knows that Bill just got his face burnt off by battery acid. Right. Looks like Jim Carrey in the mask. Yeah. So just uh, you know, those are little things that you can that you can add that are you know not always predictive, but help you help you manage a situation, make you aware of it. Yeah. Um, it can be uh, software. There's software out there that helps you uh, maintain inspections or whatever. You can get apps for your phone. 3M has a product called Connected Safety where you can manage anything from harnesses inspections to respira- respiratory fit testing right. to, to make sure that you're, you're hitting all the qualifications. Yeah, make, it a, make it dummy proof. As dummy proof as you can. It yeah. still takes somebody. There's some effort. Yeah, somebody has to you know go out go out there and do it. But it takes some of those guessing factors out of uh, you know out of it. Um, you know, in uh, like hard hats, hard hats as they relate to UV. So you take a hard hat and you put put it out in the sun. You take any piece of plastic and it's going to degrade. Right. 
So 3M makes a UV indicator that's red on the back of the cap. It's like a little red dot back there. And when it kind of gets orange, it's been degraded. It right. needs to be taken out of service and replaced. So it takes some of that guessing, you know, it's a it's a kind of a, a visual inspection. Yeah, it kind of but looks like a razor. Like when you they, get the little orange slice, the little orange piece on your razor, and as the razor starts wearing yeah, out, yeah, it yeah, turns yeah. white. Um, it can be, they make signage now that when... Uh, it gets to a certain degree, mm -hmm. things appear or change colors so that you can go, it's cold enough that ice is being made right now. I yeah. should pay more attention than I, you know. Uh, I, when I left work last night, it was 38 degrees, but now it's 29, and that water's probably frozen and slick. I can make people aware of it or, yeah. you know, give them some prediction of, you know, how things have changed. Um, or the other end. When it's so hot, it's so hot out. We maybe need to start paying attention to dehydration. Yeah, yeah. You, well, you have you have heat stress monitors and stuff that you can put out there that can measure measure that stuff also. Yeah. So I had down. Um, this is a more of a simple thing, but a lot of times with like electrical gloves, um, they, they're they're supposed to be sent in for inspection. What every six months? Uh, technically, it's technically from the date they're put in service. They can okay. stay in a bag up to 12 months and then right. put in service. But the date they're put in service... Six have, months from that point. Six months from there, you need to send them back to a nail-certified lab to where they shock them and look for defects and yeah. and do their inspections. So a lot of companies will have, <clears throat> we're wearing red for this six-month period, and then that six-month period ends and we switch to yellow. And so you can see that... Well, Dave's wearing red, and we're in a yellow six-month period, yeah, so we got to send why his. Why is he wearing those? So we got to get him in the new updated one, so we can send his in for inspection. Yeah. So and you and you can you can use some of that color coding. Even I've seen a lot of uh, contractor customers use electrical tape, and so they'll have uh, inspection policy that says that if something's been, you know, given the once over and okay to use, they'll put blue. Uh, tape for the first quarter right maybe the second quarter is red so all of a sudden to the point is if they're going to pick up a tool and use it that hasn't been inspected to to you know obviously their company's requirement they can know oh wait a second this is the tape's not right so yeah. somebody has maybe i shouldn't be using this yeah or i know in one of the past episodes we talked lockout tag out it's like maybe the red lock signifies this and the blue lock signifies this and the green lock is yeah. this it's like oh that's got a green lock on it i got to do that you know all different kinds of things you can do like that but then it's just getting back into this reviewing your safety program it's monthly and weekly reviews so maybe you set it up to where every single month I go and I check all the AEDs in my facility. And AEDs, yep. that's another one that usually they'll have a, a light on them that'll flash red if this yep. thing needs new batteries. and Pads things, and batteries. Right. And they even have software that will say, hey, you need to go look <laughs> and make sure you see the green dot. Yep. And then when you see the green dot, you come back and you check off. I saw the green I dot. I saw the green dot. It's like bathrooms getting cleaned at a Target or something yeah, yeah, like yeah. that. That it's like, Don't you, you love when you walk in there and it, it's it's been signed off like, three minutes before you were there, yeah. but it's completely destroyed. Yeah. And that toilet seat's ice cold, so you're like, nobody just cleaned this thing. I can tell. <laughs> That's a... I'll end it on... We'll end it on this. It's a good story. I worked at a Lowe's 
<laughs> and the cashiers at the end of the day would have to go in and clean up the bathrooms. Yeah. And <laughs> that was one of my managers was in there, and the, they, he had just been called in because the cashier couldn't figure out what to do because the log was a bridge. It was stretched out from one end of the toilet seat to the other end, and all the water was just flushing under it. And so he had to go in there with a paint stick. He was breaking it up with a paint stick so that he could get it all to flush down. So... It's kind of tidbit we love to give you here on David Bacon Safety well, Tales. So that's it for another episode. Um, if you like what you heard, share it with your other team members. Um, we'd love to grow the audience. Please reach out to us with any questions or comments. Um, really appreciate everyone who's listening. Um, we'll be back again next week with another episode. So, so again, safety's got no quitting time. We'll see you next time. Thanks. Thanks for listening in to Dave and Bacon Safety Tales, brought to you by Quad City Safety. Send us your questions on Facebook, LinkedIn, or Twitter at Quad City Safety. Hashtag Safety Tales. Or email them to Fred at quadcitysafety.com. He's the guy keeping this mess of a show in line. And if you like the show, please rate and review us on iTunes. It's a kick-ass way to show that you care about safety.